0: Connected to the land with Four Rivers Equipment and John Deere.
1: Welcome to the Four Rivers Podcast. We are your working partner and we mean it. So today's podcast is going to be pretty fun because I'm sitting here with John Sunkenberg. He's the district sales manager for the working group and basically that's a new product line for Four Rivers. And uh it's an addition to the John Deere family, and John's got some pretty cool information. I was talking to him before the podcast about asphalt and some of the things these guys do, so I'm pretty excited. John, thanks for joining me today. Ah, pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking I'm pretty, forward to it. I'm excited because this is something, one, I don't know, you know very much about, but I think a lot of people don't. So because it's a new addition to the Four Rivers family as well, as well as John Deere, really, um, let's start people
0: off with what is the working group? So the Workin Group was originally founded as just the Workin Company in 1961, um, and that company was founded by Reinhardt Workin. and And the roots of that company was really like road excavation and road demolition. So um, you had these deteriorating highways and roads, and you know there was there was a need for a better method to excavate and remove that material and repave those highways.
1: right. So he came up with a better mousetrap.
0: Basically. Yeah. So other than traditional methods of digging it up with an excavator or, you know, traditional construction equipment, um, the roots of the company, you know, date back to him incorporating carbide mining tools in a rotary drum and basically grinding out the roads with that, that type of equipment. Traditionally, the road was heated ahead of time, um, and what really the roots of the working company is, is the cold milling process, which, like I said, uses carbide teeth to grind out the road and then, you know, ec- basically excavate the road and then you can put new pavement de- back down in place. So I that's, that's innovation. how, yeah, that's how it's the company started. Um, and they're industry leader to this day with that type of equipment. Um, so the Wurtgen group consists of four four brands of company well actually five brands of company but in this in this country you know it's the working white product which is cold milling machines stabilizers um, surface miners slip form pavers um you know equipment like that and then over the years they've added on um Vogel-y pavers which was a company that was founded in 1836 um, and that's a asphalt paving equipment Um, they, you know, global company, a lot of different models, uh, 29 different paver models across the globe. Um, they also added the HOM compaction equipment. Uh, that company was founded in 1878. Um, and there's 180 different models of rollers that go with HOM. So it's, it's a, it's a huge bag of tricks that we have to sell, which is fantastic.
1: 180 um, different
0: types of rollers. I just yeah. gotta. That's amazing because I think everybody's been on their truck or,
1: you know, in their car and seen big rollers, but I had no idea there were that many types.
0: Yeah. So it you know and that's what really HOM does well is if there's a different combination of roller, whether it's steel drum in the front, rubber tires in the in the rear, split drum front. I, they were leaders in in bringing the oscillation technology, particularly to this country. Um, if you want it, we build it. So <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, they, they've they've got everything. Um, one of the other companies is is uh, Kleeman, which is a is, which is one of our divisions that manufactures rock crushing and screening equipment, so mobile on track type equipment. Um, and there's there's a lot of really neat technology that goes into the into that type of equipment like electric drive diesel electric drive um and that company was founded in 1857 so if you if you start to look at these different companies i mean they have been stronghold european german manufacturing companies that have been around for a long long time um and then the other company that's part of the working group is benninghoven Uh, an asphalt plant manufacturer and those products are we're not bringing them into north america right now as a rule i think there's there's one plant up in canada that we did bring over but um, say that again though benninghoven it just sounds neat to say yeah really (laughs) benninghoven i feel like i'm speaking a foreign language so so when it comes to the asphalt plant uh, industry typically that stuff's going to be manufactured a little closer to where it's going to be used because there's a tremendous amount of steel that goes into that type of equipment. So, um, you know, manufactured in, in Europe, going to stay there in Europe versus bringing it over the Atlantic Ocean. So,
1: that kind of innovation to me is incredible. I mean, when you, you know somebody invented a better mousetrap, I mean, really, absolutely, it's so, it's so incredible. I love people, I admire, I should say, uh, people that, that come up with a better way to do something. They see something and they figure it out. And like you said, using a carbide mining tool to tear up roads, that sounds pretty, pretty incredible. So now you guys partnering with John Deere, how has that kind of changed the working group? Is that, uh, you know, many adjustments um, with you guys as an organization? So
0: as I mentioned, when we were talking before starting the podcast is that uh, I'm fairly new to the working group. Um, So I am unfamiliar with, with working prior to the John Deere acquisition but you know in speaking with my colleagues and everyone else um the one thing that's gone very well is is John Deere has really done an excellent job of letting Workin be working um you know one of the the monikers of of the Workin group is close to our customers um, and we've tried to maintain that you know as far as you know, a lot of the the working employees are are out on jobs. They oh, know on the site. customers. Yeah, wow. absolutely. We have a lot of different specialists, application specialists. So um, we're really integrated into this this road construction industry. Um And John Deere has done an excellent job of just just letting working really do what working does well. Um, so Smart. it's it's been a it's been a nice marriage, and the synergies so far have really kind of worked out well that's awesome well
1: let's talk and that kind of goes right into one of the other questions i wanted to ask is you know let's talk about technology on on some of the you know in the working group or in some of the family of companies that fall into the working group um technology is a big part of that it's always been a big part of john deere um and i know a lot of people come to four rivers to get trained on that you know what i mean we've gone through some some classes on some of stuff. So talk to me a little bit about the technology that you guys incorporate into that, because, you know, we talked about this a little bit and I was kind of blown away. It sounds pretty fascinating.
0: Yeah. So particularly on the Wirtgen milling side of things, um, working is absolutely the industry leader in the in the cold milling products. Um, the technology is is, you know, five years ahead of everyone else in terms of, um, you know, the different um, eco modes the drum pattern technology um they have a two-speed drive on the milling drum these, these are all these innovations that have come out that everyone's kind of playing catch up with us in that in that area so um you know a lot of what you'll see in terms of um you know what's coming down the road is like 3d type controls um, wow yeah where you you take like a road profile and plug in all the all the numbers as far as, you know, um what the what the 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 finished levels should be and the machine will just follow and run through all that. And that goes for the for the pavers as well. So um technology you know, if, and computers are
1: it's crazy. Oh right? yeah. I mean fantastic. what it's taken over and it and it takes out a lot of human error. I mean, don't get me wrong. People are awesome. <laughs> but but it, it, it when it comes to that kind of stuff, that's that's crazy.
0: Yeah, so so Workin does a lot of their own integrated controls across the line. Um and that's really what sets them apart from a lot of the competition. So and they yeah, it's 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 an excellent set of uh controls, very simple and effective.
1: More efficient. So, talk to me about what you know, what kind of other equipment you know might be used to help
0: like a road construction project. So if you if you think about a road construction project, um, you know the the first, especially if it's new road construction, the first piece of equipment that is that is getting put out there is going to be, let me guess. excavator. Is it the ripper like yeah. the carbide? T- is that, am I right? Well, there if no? it's new road construction, you're you're building the sub base and it's you know stone base and everything else, and that's going to be your traditional graders, bulldozers, that type of equipment. Gotcha. Um, really the road construction starts in the, in the quarry, right? So you've got, you know, drills, explosives, you, you're, you know, you're shooting rock onto the ground. Um, that's where the Clemen piece of it comes in and they're going to be crushing that rock into like what a lot of the, a lot of the Clemen, terminology is hey we take bigger rocks and make smaller rocks out of it, you <laughs> see that, that i understand <laughs> yeah <laughs> what size what,
1: just out of curiosity is there a standard for that like in our you mentioned some of the rock crushers and things like that is there a standard side that, that goes in to some of that base so as far as the as far
0: as the rock crushers go i mean there's you know it goes from small to large there's okay. huge quarry crushers that you know are going to be highly productive um you know a lot of what it is 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 basically the 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 size of the rock that you're starting with and what your finished product needs to be. Um, You know, once that rock is crushed, it's being, you know, moved with a loader or an excavator into an articulated hauler and then brought to an asphalt plant. Um, And then, you know, the, the rock stone oil mixture is what's really laid down. And that's our, that's our asphalt highways and it could be concrete or asphalt and, you know, working is, is, does both types of pavement with the slip form paving and then the asphalt paving
1: see just that's fascinating because i didn't know that i didn't know it could be a asphalt or concrete involved what is there a better one do you between those two are they are they quite a bit different does one last longer <laughs> and this is just me asking because i'm i'm curious if you don't know i totally understand but uh, i'm just curious i'm going to throw some questions at you because i think there's probably somebody listening that won't that goes wow i didn't
0: know that so, you know, I, I'm an asphalt guy traditionally in my career, which has been, you know, about 27 years. So I was always on the asphalt side of things. But I have to be a little careful now because we do both concrete and and asphalt. Right. Um, but is there one
1: application that I guess? So
0: that- So the the construction time and cost is going to be a little bit higher with concrete. Um, but it's going to last a little bit long. It's a little more of a robust product. Asphalt goes down quick. It's flexible, so in areas that have a lot of freezing and thawing, um, the flexibility adds to that that life cycle. Um, so there's you know there's different applications. You know it's gonna you're gonna be able to lay an asphalt road in much less time than it's gonna be if you're gonna do like a traditional slip form type paving that same road so and if it's a country road windy country road you know that is traditionally going to be paved with asphalt um you know a mainline highway is a perfect application for like a slip form concrete paver
1: gotcha so, that's just that's fascinating to me really i mean it's like it's, you know the cold like, i guess i hadn't even really considered that but yeah whatever the material is you've got to bear in mind it may be freezing yeah. in parts of the year and then super hot in other parts of the year it's a uh, uh, this is one of the things I love about talking to people that do different things because you learn something every time. Um, what are some of the trending practices in road construction right now you know and what do you guys you know doing in reference to that? Are there are there trending practices? Are there certain things that you know you guys are leaning towards?
0: Sure I mean a lot of what and this ties into you know this really ties into what working does well is the you know the cold milling. Um, a lot of what you're seeing trends towards is recycling, right? So how do they put more of if, – if you look at the product that comes comes off the conveyor on a milling machine, it's called wrap, recycled asphalt product.
1: So do they reuse all that? I mean,
0: this is – So they try to. So okay. there's a certain percentage that different states will allow you to put it back into the mix. Wow. Okay. So you, and does that mean you reheat that or how does – it can be. But generally, you know, you take that wrap product um, and it's going to be crushed or processed through like a clean in, you know, crusher and then and then screened so that you have the different sizes. And then they want that to go back into the asphalt at a particular, let's call it recipe that goes back in. And, you know, they're the, the industry is constantly looking for methods that will increase the amount of percentage of, of wrap that you can put back into the mixes. Wow. Just, so yeah, less, less waste, right? Just, right. So one of the things that work does really well is they have job specific type equipment for cold in place recycling. And, and what that is, is you're grinding up the road, mixing it with some additional asphalt and putting it back down in place, like in, you're know, you saying as, at, the you, like at the same time? Like as you're time. going. Yeah, so you're digging up the the old existing asphalt. pavement that's there, oh. some of the sub base, mixing in some new maybe aggregate, some new asphalt oil, and laying it back down. And what you've done is improved the the sub base of what you of your existing road. So you're basically doing an in place repair. That's in that sense.
1: That's amazing and now how long does it take to dry? Like, we've all dealt with that. You know, you're going down the road. And it's like you see guys working. That, to me, is really cool. And I don't know that I've ever seen that myself. I'd love to see it someday. But where they're actually chewing it up and they're putting it down right behind. I can't imagine the size
0: of a machine that would do that. So so what you're looking at there is like a cure time. Okay. Right? And it's and it depends upon the materials that you're using. You might add cement and water, and mix that in, and that has a particular cure time, or you might add, like, a cold emulsion asphalt into there, and then that has its own cure time, too. So you're, you're typically opening up the road, you know, within a day on that, but then then they'll come back and cap it with traditional-type asphalt afterwards is typically what they're doing. And then I w- I've, I've even watched the guys when they're painting.
1: You know what I mean? Like, it's always fascinating to me, but even when they're putting the lines in, you know what I mean? You watch those guys go down and... you know they're putting the lines in that's it's almost it's almost intimidating talking to you because a lot of the terms and the words that you're using i've never heard so it's it's fun to me but there's a whole different that's a whole different world
0: oh it's a it's a whole it's a whole world of its own terminology for sure
1: so the machine i want to go off track here because i just have so many questions the machine that the machine In my mind, that's ripping it up and it's somehow fixing it behind it. Is that like a whole string of machines? Is that one major machine? And then uh, I'm sure there's probably some other people that are listening to this and and wondering what I'm wondering. Are these, how crazy expensive
0: are these machines? Like, this
1: is like, this is some big stuff.
0: Yeah. So there's there's a couple different ways of doing it. And depending upon... Which state you're in and how they wanna how how they wanna do it. There's there's a lot of different methods for doing it. Um, for instance, like New Mexico, which is a very progressive state as far as the different types of recycling that they use. Um, I was recently down on a project where they had a, a what was called a KMA, which is a cold mix asphalt plant. Um, and the process behind that job was they they milled up the road, stockpiled it. Reblended the materials and then put it into this this KMA, which added cement and asphalt, you know, bitumen or asphalt emulsion back in. Reblends it at a, at a very precise percentage. And then the material was then brought back on site and put through a traditional asphalt paver. Um, so that's one way of doing it. And that's not really in-place recycling. Um, and, and the advantage of doing it that way is... You have, a, you have a much tighter control of your percentages of what you're doing. When you're doing in-place recycling, there's a little bit more of, or, or a little bit less in terms of, like, the precision of the mixing. Um, but obviously, it's going to be a, a faster and a more economical way of doing it. You gotcha. so, so those are kind of the, so depending upon how, you know, and really geographically, a lot of it depends upon what the indigenous type stone and sub base and everything else is and that's going to help them kind of determine which way they use it so um, if it's a local stone
1: in other words or whether it's something that's got to be hauled in
0: right right so working builds a machine that's called a cr380 which is you know over a, a thousand horsepower machine and it's <laughs> and it's a specifically built machine to grind up the road reblend, and then you can even put paving screeds behind it and put it all back down in one in one shot
1: so just rough, just rough guess over a, a million, million, million
0: dollars. Jeez, yeah. that's unreal. Yeah. See,
1: that's got to be an incredible machine to watch work. And it is the precision. T- to hear you talk about the mixes and the timing and the percentages, what's and you guys obviously have that all figured out. But what's the disadvantage if you have a mix wrong? You know, let's say somebody. Um, it's not the working group. It's working on something, and they don't do a mix right. What's what's the disadvantage to somebody that doesn't do that perfectly? What
0: happens? Is that when you see cracked highways, or is that yeah? It's it's going to come down to pavement performance for sure. Like if, if you missed it in, in you know as far as rideability or density, or if you don't have the right percentages of of reblending, it's just going to affect you know the longevity of that pavement. So that that's really what you're going for. Um, when it comes to cold in place recycling, really, really, the idea is you're making whatever you had, what your existing road was, is considerably better. You know that's really ultimately what you're after, and and then to what degree it's going to be better is is really determines which process you want to use.
1: So let me ask another question: Is there an average amount of time um, that people expect that road to last? I mean, is there is there or is that just a crazy question? So does- it
0: really depends on road design. Okay. Right? Like you can you can take a road that's that's breaking apart, put an inch of pavement on top of it, but you know you can expect to be back there in two <laughs> okay. years, three years, four years. Um, you could excavate the entire road, put, you know, 17 18 inches of sub-base under it, and then that road is going to be expected to last a lot longer. So it really comes down to you know the pavement design and the amount of funding you have in terms of like what direction you want to go with it. So,
1: yeah, a lot of that's probably funded big, huge state or oh, federal jobs. Is that right? Am I am I? Off yeah. So if here? you
0: if you're talking about a highway, you have I mean everyone's ordering stuff on Amazon and everything else, and you and you look out at a highway and it's tractor trailers running up and down the road. Right. Um and the impact of like fully loaded tractor trailers is immense compared to like the impact on a road of just a passenger vehicle. It's right. like 5000 times. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that's that's a number that the industry uses. A fully loaded tractor trailer, the impact on on a highway lane is like so Fuck. one tractor trailer going down the road is the same effect of 5000 passenger vehicles going down the road.
1: See, so you're going to design that's an interstate fascinating highway. information. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you're going to
1: design it accordingly, right? Right, to make so. that work. And I think it's fascinating that you said New Mexico is so progressive and cutting edge on that. So, you know, that they're they're getting a lot of this stuff done. That's
0: Yeah. That's and, great to hear. And what we're finding as a company is you know, a lot of our specialty equipment like a like a spray paver is very popular that down there. And what a spray paver is is it it sprays the, the tack or the emulsion uh, directly in front of the, the auger area where that asphalt is going down. Um, and it gives you a nice, thick, even layer of emulsion underneath the asphalt, and that allows us to get away with a thinner lift. So you're getting more lane miles for your dollar. Using okay. that type of a method, yeah. More bang for your buck. Yes. Well and Interesting. and if you think of New Mexico, you've got a lot of roads and maybe not as much traffic and people, so in certain areas. So that's why that that method is really, you know, well accepted there. Now,
1: if I ask a stupid question, you don't feel bad, you can go, Fred, that's really doesn't doesn't, doesn't make sense. Shoot but <laughs> so in in New Mexico or Colorado or, or anywhere really, but you know, it's because this is where we're at, I, I want to apply it to that. Are most of those state federal or private contractors that are doing that stuff
0: i'm just curious so it really it really depends i mean generally the the state owns the highways right or or if it's a federal road the you know the federal government is going to own the highway um and they're going to put a specification that they want for a project and then and then you're going to have private generally private companies that are going to bid that work. Okay. So Um, a lot of
1: your customers may be private
0: uh, or big, large contractors. But, but, you know, there are examples. Like, for instance, um, you know, some of my background is back on the East Coast. And, like, New York City DOT, they do um, the lion's share of the paving in New York City. So they own it. And that's just because they – New York City is such a difficult place to pave that they kind of have to control it because – you know, when you're paving a road in New York City, you tow cars for two hours, and wow. there's all <laughs> kinds of underground utilities, and it's just work that would be very hard for private contractors to come in and execute. Interesting.
1: So, so the Department of Transportation, right. would be your customer in that in that case. They're the for sure. The ones that are buying. I got gotcha. you.
0: Now, some some of the cities here in Colorado, like like for instance Boulder County, they they own their own asphalt pavers, and they Whoa. don't do they don't do all their paving, but they do some of it. Um, city of Colorado Springs four rivers just started up a new paver last week there that I was down on. And, um, you know, that's the city of Colorado Springs are doing, you know, a percentage of, of the roads in that city by themselves. So, and are you on site for a lot of that training or who does a lot of the training? I I try to get there when I can. I mean, that's what I really like about this job is actually getting out and doing it. So, um, that's the fun part. Yeah. Being in the field and getting to see some of the
1: projects and that's gotta be the best way to learn. So where do you see, uh, you know, where do you see you guys heading? You know what I mean? The future, the the future for work,
0: working group, I'll get it right. So, you know, one of the things that if you talk to any contractor, what they're going to tell you is, is their biggest challenge right now is workforce, right? In terms of finding people that, that want to work on an asphalt crew, want to work on, on construction equipment. I think if you, you know, if you talk to four rivers, um, there's a there's a huge need for diesel mechanics equipment mechanics everything else like that's yeah. that's in a, in a way it's a lost art in our in our industry or just um, people that want to work today yeah <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so you know i think if you, if you're looking you know 10 years down the road maybe further um, you know what i what i think is is going to be what we're going to run into is a lot of like automated equipment Um, particularly take like a, like a highway, um, you know, compaction train, um, you know, you have operators on there now at some point, I think that's going to be automated a lot. Like you see on a, say like a auto driving Tesla or an auto driving cars, which we're not too far away from, um, you know, I think you'll see that we've got that in tractors now. you know, John Deere's got tractors that you set it up and it rolls, man, it's doing the job you know and and the and the other thing that's obviously you know probably gonna move forward like it is in the the automotive industry is gonna be hybrid power um you know deere has done a great job of of having electric finals on their loaders and 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 you know those are a fantastic machine um I think you're gonna see more of that you know incorporated into the road construction equipment as well for interesting sure.
1: and so in your opinion. You know, how are you guys helping? Because it seems like you guys are really almost helping uh, the future. In a, in, a, in a lot of ways, just because people are getting around. I mean, transportation, that's where things are hauled now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, moving, you mentioned Amazon, people ordering from Amazon now. Um, people are vacationing, working, hauling, you know, supplies. Like you said, ordering. That's a, a lot of that stuff's hauled over. Over roads, oh, absolutely. So that's that's kind of like a basis of how we transport people and equipment and goods in the United States. That's probably, I would say, probably arguably one of the biggest ones. Is my am I right there?
0: Yeah, I mean, so so in terms of like Workman's role in all of that, um, you know, building quality roads, smooth roads, roads that last, um, a push storage towards sustainability um you know in terms of fuel burn recycling everything else that we've been talking about i mean worken is is a leader in all those things um and if you look at you know we're constantly moving towards how do we get a smoother ride out of out of a milling machine how do we get a smoother you know, finished pavement off of our asphalt pavers, you know, all those things are, are pushing towards, you know, a smooth road is going to last longer, it's going to be quieter, you're going to burn less fuel. So if you look at you look at all those, if you look at the direction of where all the innovations are going, that's really ultimately the goal. So, um, you know, that's kind of the direction that 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 Workin is looking to move into.
1: Now, you guys have a ton like, a, a, a ton of equipment, especially under those four companies, five companies, a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean, Ham alone is 180 different cooler <laughs> models. <laughs> that's a that's it's incredible
1: to me. It's hard to kind of grasp that. So you know, if you look up work group work. And I'm going to spell it because it's interesting because one of the people I talked to earlier said it's pronounced Wertken but it's depends, depends on, on where you're, where you're, you're at in the world, yeah, right? right. <laughs> so, in Germany, it's pronounced Wertken Here, it's pronounced Wirtgen commonly, but it's actually spelled W-I-R-T-G-A-N. G-E-N. 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 Oh, see, I don't have my glasses on. See, I should have had them on there. So, you can check that out and look at some of that gear, but I've got to ask you, you know, John you've gotten a chance to check out all kinds of different equipment. What do you have like a favorite piece out of all that equipment you've got to play with quite a bit. You've got to see quite a bit. Do you have like a piece that you go, man, this thing's pretty cool, Fred. Like
0: uh, it's just, it's probably my favorite piece. So I'm new to working. Um, but I got to say the but you've been the, in
1: the asphalt industry for a while. Yeah. Now, right? For a long so time.
0: Yeah. Um, the large milling machine is just, and, and particularly the one that we build is just an awesome machine. I mean, you just, put it down into the cut and it just outproduces everybody else.
1: Now what does that explain that to me just you know put it in layman's terms. what does that milling machine do exactly?
0: So it's it's so it's a it's a large heavy piece of equipment, you know, on four tracks. And the Now po- when you say tracks, like are we talking like tract like uh, uh tank tracks or wheels? A smaller version of yeah, like a tank track. Okay like po- so it's an actual Polyurethane metal. pads oh, on it's, it. Yeah. So okay. it's like, you know, so you have the, the four tracks which are gonna steer the machine and propel the machine. Gotcha. Um and then a lion's share of that horsepower is going to just driving and turning that drum. Jeez. So you so you get the machine lined up and the, the and the side legs on it if you look at the if, if someone wants to go look at a milling machine, those side legs are going to lower that machine down into the ground. That drum with the teeth on it are going to start grinding away the asphalt, and then it's just going to be conveyed out the front. So, this I'm looking at a really cool picture, and
1: we, we can go, they can go the working group com maybe or where where could somebody check yeah. out this picture
0: if they're listening yeah the working website so sure.
1: go to the working website and just to see this you can see the tracks that he's talking about and then you just see this huge auger up front that's shooting it in into a dump truck conveyor yeah con- oh, conveyor yep <laughs> it looked like a big yep a conveyor that's coming up. I got you. It's just covered, and then it's dumping into a big dump truck right
0: here. And, and those big ones do a lot of work in short order. I mean, we'll cut twelve foot six out in one shot. So how? F- so twelve
1: foot six in one shot. If that machine's moving, how much road can you tear up, or I guess you know pull out with that machine? Is there like a per hour? Like
0: yeah, we're gonna get fifty feet, or so. So there is a limit to how fast you want to be milling because because you want to maintain a a nice pattern behind the machine. Um, the faster you go, you kind of lose some of that precision on the pattern. Uh. So so there is you know you're going to see people mill at different speeds, and a lot of it depends upon the temperature of the asphalt. Um, do you have new teeth into the milling machine? So there's a there's a Ooh. lot of different factors that go into play. But yeah, so generally, you know, like say like a 12 foot six milling machine, um, you know, it's not uncommon for that to run over 50 feet per minute (laughs) down the road.
1: Is there any video on your website? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. so you can see some of these you machines. Can, it's all so now, over YouTube. Now and everything I'm like else. fascinated. Yeah. Now I want to go look at a piece of, you know, equipment. You've made it kind of exciting. Actually, I, I want to go piece look at
0: a piece of asphalt equipment and watch it doing what it does. There's one around the corner at the Four Rivers Branch. We can go drop it in, uh Dig up their parking lot. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I am so in on that. No, I'm going to say it was your idea. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, that's fascinating. you got a pretty cool job. You get to check out some really neat equipment. Um, you get to travel around and, you know, work with a lot of different people. Um, so is there, if, if I would say, is there anything else you want to end with? If somebody's, you know, there, there's a lot of career opportunities, I assume, you know, what I mean with a company like this. Um They can probably look up some of that information on the website as well. And do you guys train, you know, people on this equipment um, through the working group? Talk to me a little bit. Somebody may be listening going, man, Fred's excited about that. That sounds kind of cool. I want to check that out. I want to learn to to run a
0: piece of this equipment or how would I get trained on it? Um, Is there anything out there for that? Well, whenever we sell a piece of equipment to to a contractor, if they require training, we have a lot of application specialists that will come out and, you know, work with the customer um, to get them up and trained. Uh, generally, if you wanted to just learn how to run construction equipment, go get a job in construction. Yeah, pretty yeah <laughs> I can jump on the high. I can get with a
1: yeah. C dot and maybe learn how to run one of those bad boys. I want to go check that. I want to go check one out.
0: Yeah. I mean, if, if you look at, you know, th- this industry right now is flying. I mean, there's, there's a lot of road construction work. Um, and there's a lot of contractors out there that are, that are dying to hire people. So, you know, if there's people interested in getting in this business, there's, there's work to be done for sure. So.
1: Well, so it might be a career opportunity for somebody that's interested Absolutely. in running a big big piece of equipment. Yeah. And you're probably going to learn about technology as well because, you know, I know John Deere, for example, you know, and, and Four Rivers as well. Mechanics, good gosh, they're paying those guys crazy money. I mean, you're going to be making hundred grand real quick after you become a trained mechanic and more than that in a lot of places. I mean, there, there's some great benefits. Absolutely. It's always interesting to me to look at different jobs out there um, and what people can do for a living. John, I have scratched the surface, and, and I realize now how I don't know anything about asphalt or how roads are made because you explained just a little bit, and I'm still confused. The equipment looks really cool. I want to jump I'm on I'm not sure that's a compliment. No, it is. It, <laughs> it is because it's, it's – I guess I didn't realize. You see it happening all the time, but you have no idea how much is involved. And, like, even that many rollers, like – how do you even learn? Like, it's fascinating to me, I guess, what I'm saying. There's there's a ton of amazing equipment. And what I have learned from talking to you is that uh, you don't just hop on a piece of equipment and pave a road, apparently. you uh, you got to know temperatures. There's chemical mixtures. There's so many variables. And it has to be done right. And it has to be done with the right equipment. Am I kind of right on there? You're right on the money, Hot dog. See, all right, yeah. I learned a little bit. I learned, yeah. I learned some stuff. So, but check out the working group. It's got some uh, pretty fascinating stuff. Uh, if you're a contractor, um, I check it out, and uh, it might be fun just to watch some of that equipment run. Do you want to close with anything when we're talking about uh, the working group, and
0: uh, you know anything you guys do specialized or anything else that you want to close with? I mean, uh, you know, just just kind of comment on the fact that um, it's been a nice marriage with with working in John Deere so far. I've enjoyed working with Four Rivers um, in in terms of going out and selling and supporting that equipment. Um, And, you know, other than that, you know, I think we covered it. I mean, it's a it's a great product line. As I mentioned, I'm, I'm somewhat new to this company, but I'm absolutely ecstatic to work here. So I'm excited. Well, in the future might be really bright too, because you know, with that
1: marriage with John Deere too, um, it'll probably, I think it'll might open up some really cool
0: stuff for you guys. And like you mentioned earlier, the technology sharing is going to be really fun. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, the, the, the parts network that Deere has and everything else. And, and I'm sure at some point there's going to be some John Deere engines integrated into our equipment. So these are all things that we're looking forward to for sure.
1: Well, thanks so much for sitting down. I'm, uh, Uh, Yeah, it was really neat Neat to check out, and I'm going to go check out the website. I hope you will too. I hope you enjoyed listening to uh, John talk a little bit about a new addition to the John Deere family as well as to Four Rivers.